from the tragic story of two young lovers, Shakespeare's Romeo and Juliet, to the wry tale of an executive who flees the corporate world for the country-like tunes he can pluck out on his banjo. Just two of the many stories to be told in very creative ways at the annual Scranton Fringe Festival, running from September 29th through October 8th, all around the town. Connor Kelly O'Brien, current executive director, Elizabeth Bohan, current managing director, are co-founders, and we spoke with them by phone about what's in store. The Scranton Fringe Festival is an annual celebration of culture, creativity, and community. We are first and foremost a performing arts festival, although we do play host to other forms of the arts. We had our first year in 2015, we had about 2,500 in attendance, and then our last full version of the festival was in 2019, where we have grown to a two-weekend lawn event with nearly 10,000 in attendance. So we're really, really proud and grateful that the festival has grown so much in such a relatively short period of time. In 2020 and 2021, we took a different approach. We did Fringe Under Glass, which was our version of the festival where we did theater behind storefront windows. And and while that program was hugely successful and wonderful and we plan on continuing it, at some point in some form, we're really excited to be sort of getting back to a slightly more realized full version of the festival. It's in multiple venues throughout downtown Scranton, and we have everything from theater to improv and children's works and film, and music, and we're just really, really excited to have the festival. It's September 29th through October 8th, and we just can't wait to get it off the ground. And Liz, you have a mixture, because you respect and love the people who are performing here, and you give us all a chance, if we're creative, to apply and take part. But you also bring people from the outside, and there's that wonderful cross-pollination in terms of creative artists. Yes, we have so many different people involved in the festival this year. We have Gaslight Theater from Wilkes-Barre. They've been involved with us for many years. They're coming back to do Romeo and Juliet at Lackawanna College. We also have people coming from far and wide, new artists, who hopefully the public will be able to meet at our preview party, which is Thursday, September 29th from 6 to 9 p.m. at the Hilton downtown outside under their overhang. And we also are starting new projects of our own. Our tech guru, Dan Kimbrough, from Park Multimedia, is helming a new Black, Indigenous, and Person of Color film festival called Taking Up Space. So there's always something different and new going on for the Fringe Festival that really anyone can find something that they like. And when you talk about performance-based, you have a lot of people who are creative not just theater performers, but they create stories and their own monologues or their own plays that they are able to present for us that are new and different. And again, that word that you have been using all through, really creative. I think one interesting thing is that Fringe is kind of a platform for artists to be able to try different things out. So we have shows that maybe take an old work like a Shakespeare performance and try to give it a new spin. We have shows that tour the performing circuit of the Fringe where they go from city to city and they refine and redefine their show as they go from audience to audience and see what people like. And then maybe they'll try to turn it into something on Broadway or develop it further. And then we also have people who just want to do a show at home for their friends 
and have no, you know, larger ambitions of touring, which is also great. To add on to what Liz said, speaking to the different motivations that people have for taking part in the festival, whether it's to further their career, develop new work, make a little money, just doing it for the fun of it. What I really also love are some of the social themes that come out of some of the shows at the festival and and are intricate to their narrative. Not all. Some of them are strictly just putting on a beautiful play, then telling a story and for entertainment, and that's wonderful. And we also love our friends of improv and comedy, because goodness knows we all need to laugh (laughs) as much as possible these days. But there's there's such a range from mental health to those that went through serious traumatic abuses to overcoming adversity and finding hope within the most unique facets of life. And again, what I really love, and Liz mentioned this again, is that there is truly something for everyone. And because most of the performances are an hour long, some are a little longer, more 90 minutes or so, but they're still all relatively on the shorter end of a theatrical production and event, which means you can fit so many more in in a day, in an evening, or especially on our weekend performances all day. So you can completely, I'm not going to say experience the whole breadth of the human experience because that's not possible, but you can see a little bit of something throughout an entire day in one venue or hop around to our different venues. And that's something I really love about this particular model of of an arts festival. And I love what you do for young people. We're delighted to be partnering once again with the Lackawanna County Children's Library. We'll have programming there, multiple different shows, including a puppet workshop. One of our programs that we've been helming for the past few years is we have silent disco headsets that we love to bring to adult parties and that we have used for a partnership with the Area Agency on Aging to take to activity centers. But we're also this year going to bring our headsets to the Lackawanna County Children's Library and they will have a silent disco with music themed for kids. So I think the parents are going to really love that just as much as the kids because they'll be able to sit there in the library and choose if they want to wear the headset and hear perhaps the 10,000th time of Baby Shark, or if they do not want to put a headset on and they want to just hang out while their kids have a great time and they don't have to listen to the music. I'd just like to mention one last thing. We are requiring masks to be worn at all of our shows that are held indoors this year, just because we always focus on our communities and we're prioritizing the safety of our high-risk and disabled community members so that everyone can have a chance to come and see the shows. So we appreciate everyone cooperating with that, and we'll also have masks available at every venue in case you forget yours. We're very grateful. We're very tired, but we're very excited to have the, the full, more realized festival returning, you know, in a slightly, slightly more normal way. Connor Kelly O'Brien, current executive director, and Elizabeth Bohan, current managing director, co-founders of the Scranton Fringe Festival, speaking with us about the 2022 Scranton Fringe Festival running from September 29th through October 8th all around downtown Scranton. For more information on the web, scrantonfringe.org, scrantonfringe.org. And we now hear the love scene from Romeo et Juliette by Hector Berlioz now with the Cincinnati Symphony Orchestra under the direction of Pavo Yervi on WVIA.